Welcome to Succes Appeal, which is my Norwegian podcast today in English. It's the pill of success. And I'm so honored and excited to have Kathy Casey with us here today from California. And Kathy, you were my mentor last year. And we had, I'm sitting in Switzerland right now and looking out on the mountains. And just exactly a year ago, we had an amazing call that really changed a lot to me. And it was both fun and deep. So I wanted to share a bit of what we talked about to to our audience today. And just to say a little bit about you, um, you have a, a lifelong experience working with people and you have a master's in psychology and you you said you were like a social worker at heart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your passion. And, uh, but it didn't really do it for you studying psychology because you you didn't feel that you were making people happy. So you even considered uh, going to chef school just to make some happiness in the world. And that's what you've said before anyway. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then suddenly by almost by coincidence, you came over uh, a new understanding of the mind that really did it for you. And you just set off and started to work in prisons and mm-hmm. make huge changes for people mm-hmm. in prisons and still do today. Mm-hmm. And you even said you were 45 when you started this. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it, I, it's been an amazing journey. And Kathy has been in Norway uh, every now and then, once a yes, year, yes. last year, this year. Yeah, yeah. So you're starting to become like warm in Norway. And we, <laughs> we really love that. It's, it's really fantastic. Um, so um, the thing I wanted to talk about today, or we uh, want, explore more was something you called the bag lady syndrome yeah. and I thought that was so hilarious yeah and yeah. it had to do with you told me you, you you just found that like successful people you worked with in business that they had this fear of losing everything or the kids losing everything ending up on the street and and you had this fun thing saying, okay, if you ended up on the street, you'll have the coolest bag <laughs> ever, <laughs> Nordstrom bag, you know. And I thought that was really interesting because I find also this is quite common among many of my mm-hmm. leadership clients, actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, they, they fear of not being good enough, mm-hmm. something just they end up losing mm-hmm. their stages, mm-hmm. their money, their house, mm-hmm. their cars. Um, I would love to hear a bit more about that and those other things. Sure. So just sure. exploration. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I, I, the areas that I see this a lot with folks that I work with and mm-hmm. very successful people. Yeah. Um, and, and with women, it was really cute. I was working with a group of women who were high level um, people in county government here in, in San Jose, California. Great. They were really important, uh, huge responsibilities um, you know, and, and very smart, very competent and very successful. And when we started, you know, exploring, you know, just what it was like, they, they were really stressed out. Um, they loved what they did, but it took a toll on them. And so one day I said, well, what would happen? I mean, what would happen if you just trusted that you were competent and you didn't, that you knew what your job was and and that was just a fact and that's all you'd have to be concerned about. 
And they all react, oh, no, no, no. If I didn't worry enough, something bad would really happen. I said, well, what would happen? Well, I would forget to do things. I would miss something important. And I'd say, okay, so you miss something important. Then what? Well, I would lose my job. And then what? Well, then my, my family, my husband would leave me. Um, I would lose everything and I would end up living under the bridge, homeless. and li- I mean, that's kind of where it got to. Because I kept saying, well, what would happen after that? And what would happen after that? And finally, this one woman said, I'll end up being a bag lady. And I looked at them and I said, how many of you have had that thought that your worst fear is being a bag lady? And they all looked at me like, and I said, now, it's okay. Let's raise our hands. And they all raised their hands. And if it wasn't for them, it would be their kids. Something bad would happen to their child, you know, as they were raising their kids. And I said, wow. Now, so every day you're operating from this, this thought that you're going to end up homeless out on the street. And you're sitting on that, that kind of um, logic you think within you, that's your logic that you're not realizing it's, it's illogical, but it's in there. Mm. And they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that we got to that. And I said, well, I didn't say it. You all said it. I just got curious to find out, well, then what? And then what, you know, we just kind of let it unravel. Hmm. And, and that's when I looked at them. I said, well, what if I said to you, I used to have that thinking also. My hmm. worst fear is I'd end up a bag lady living under the bridge, homeless. Hmm. And then one day when I realized I had this amazing limitless capacity inside of me, that even if I did end up homeless out on the street as a bag lady, well, I know I would have my, I'd have a great bag. My, I, I would want to have a Nordstrom's bag. And I know because I have such confidence in myself that even out on the street, I would just hang out and connect to people and, and you know, do what I do now. I would start teaching them things. And pretty soon, word of mouth, somebody would hear about me. And I know somebody would pick me up and say, could you come work for me? I mean, I just know I would land on my feet. <laughs> and they looked at me and I said, but see you have to really know that you really have to realize that all human beings, including you, we all have this capacity, no matter what, to land on our feet, to be resilient. And, and they looked at me, I said, so think of all the weight, you know, how much does that weigh on our minds? So when I realized that, and I didn't have to carry that worry or carry my worst fear thinking for my son that something bad would happen to him. When that came off of me, night and day different feeling. But because it's so, you don't even know you're in that. Exactly. I didn't know I was in that, had not a clue. No. Until somebody pointed it out to me. And I, and I, but then I said, but wait a minute, I I have to worry about my son. That's part of the job description. When you are a parent or, you know, Part of being a parent is having worry about your son, your kids, or part of being in business, an entrepreneur or within an organization. Part of my job description is I need to worry. I need to be super responsible. I need to make sure everything, all possibilities are covered. That's part of the job. But see, if you don't realize how much mental energy that takes... 
it becomes normal. See, that becomes normal for us. Wow. Like a fish in water. When you take a fish out of water, all of a sudden he goes, oh, I, I need to go back in, you know, because they don't see water. They're just in it. Well, we don't see how much stress we're in or how much, how much thought we're carrying around until we step out of it. And that's when we go, whoa, that was heavy. Hmm. So, yeah, we're innocently doing that, thinking that's going to keep something bad from happening or that's going to ensure that I'll be successful. Hmm. Um, I worked with a group of nurse managers and you know, in that environment, lives are at stake. Yeah. And, and their worst fear was making a mistake. And they were in all this thinking about, if I make a mistake, somebody could die. Now, imagine how much thought that takes. Yeah. I also and the biggest doctors, actually. So you know, so big, you know. Big yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're walking around in that, you're more apt to make a mistake. Because that, nice. yeah, because mm. your mind is so intense or your mind is so heavy that mm. you, you can't, you know, it, it kind of blocks, mm. you know, your, your mind isn't clear where you could mm. catch something. But if you trust that you have this presence and if you're a hundred percent present while you're doing your work, mm. you will see what's important. You'll be able to discern that instead of thinking it's all important you'll be able to discern, no, well, no, this is important. This I can get to, but this is important instead of carrying the same energy to everything. So I don't know if that makes sense. That but makes totally sense. And I'm, I'm so curious about your experience with sort of going to the first step of recognizing this, you yeah, know, like you yeah. say, okay, I didn't even know I had this fear. Yes. Yes, yes. And then what? <laughs> I'm sure it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what then? <laughs> okay, it's, it's really simple. The, the first, and this, and I'm not telling people that they should, you know, kind of practice being present and clearing their mind. It's more realizing that you're not present. It's more realizing that your mind is going ahead your mind's ahead, ahead. And the thing about when you're, when, when thought is coming through your mind, a feeling comes along with it. See, okay. thought and feeling are one in the same. Right. So for me, if I start feeling urgent, mm -hmm. you know, many of us feel urgent or not enough time, you know, that's a really big one. Not enough time, feeling urgent, feeling pressure, looking at all the stuff we have to get done. Mm. And so what we end up doing, and I, again, I ask this when I, when I do group trainings, I ask people, how many of you, while you're doing the one thing in front of you, are carrying 20 other things in your mind mm -hmm. while you're doing the one thing? Right. And they're all like, yeah, I do that all the time. I call that mental multitasking. And we can get really, so you're carrying all this stuff in your head while you're doing what's in front of you. Well, guess what? You're, not, you're literally not on the planet your mind is somewhere else. That would be like me sitting here thinking my next question to you. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. That's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, so easy to get there. It, it's so, well, most of us operate that way. I, I was a master at it. <laughs> I was a master at run. you know, I could carry all these things in my head and do the thing in front of me. But again, it, it, it takes a toll over time. Mm. 
because you're constantly caring. Now, what's different for me now is when I'm like in my day, Mm-hmm. Yes, you plan out your day. Well, I think I'd like to go go shopping here. I, I have a, an appointment here. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to plan out your day. But how many of us kind of go over it like 50 times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we think about our day, and then we think about next week, and then we think about, I mean, it's amazing. So once once I have something planned out, like when I get ready to take a trip, you know, you book your flight, you make the arrangements, where are you going to stay, make the connections. And it's funny, I would catch myself going over it again and then going over it in my mind. Mm. And but it's all done. And I laugh at myself because I think, well, I don't need to keep reviewing it in my mind. But I do. And, and I laugh at myself because then I realize I don't need to do that. But it's funny how we just get used to it. Yeah. If, if you're just, just those of you, if, if you could just appreciate how much you do it and then you see other people doing it and just mm. appreciate we're all kind of caught up in this, in our own little worlds. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. We're all walking yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, we're all walking yeah. around. So, so in business, you know, things are fast. There's a lot to do. Mm. You hear of, if, if I had a brain surgery, if I was getting brain surgery, yeah. And the brain surgeon, you know, was working on me. I would want him mm-hmm. to be as present as he can be. Now, he has to have the skill. He has to look at the x-rays. He has to have a game plan. But once he starts working on me, I want him to be in the zone. I want him mm-hmm. to be present and so that he has everything available in the moment mm-hmm. to respond to what was needed during the surgery. So what you're really saying, that what you teach actually save lives because yes. the doctors can be more present and not worry yes. about all the mistakes they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you talk to, there are people like surgeons or, or athletes or, you know, even in your own lives, there are times when you slip into that place. Many people tell me, Kathy, there are certain times when I, I have no sense of myself. I just slip into this timeless where I'm just doing what I'm doing. And I look up at the clock and it's like, wow, where did the time go? Mm. other days doing the same thing and they look at the clock and they go it's only two o'clock it's like you know no there's something wrong with the clock it's going too slow well see that isn't the clock the clock is always going to be the same my experience of the clock Mm -hmm. comes from where my mind is Mm -hmm. so it's all about where your mind is 100 Mm percent like we have stuff going on outside of us You have a lot on your plate, but it's not what you have to do that's giving you the pressure mm-hmm. or the urgency. It's the, the kind of thinking you, you go into in the presence of that. And there are days when you just slip into and you take care of business and things just flow. And there are other days where, you, you know, everything mm-hmm. seems to not click and, and the day drags on and you feel pressure and you feel stress. That is coming from within you through your mind. It's not coming from what's out. What, and that was a d- new thing for me. In psychology, mm-hmm. we talk about coping mm-hmm. with all that stuff. And coping takes a lot of mental energy. Whereas when you know it's not coping with everything out there, it's just realizing, oh, my mind's just ahead of itself right now. Or I just have too much going on right now in my head. 
That's why I'm feeling stress. When you, when you look inside rather outside, hmm. see, and that's a big shift. Hmm. See, I, everybody looks outside as the source of their experience. What we're saying, what I'm saying is, no, the source of my experience for anything, other people, things I have to do in my job, anything, hmm. the weather, <laughs> take your pick. Uh, we have a bizarre president in office, President Trump. There are days when I kind of go, okay, thank goodness he's not there forever. Hmm. And other days it gets to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's where my head is because he's still our crazy president, hmm. but my experience of it changes day to day, hmm. depending on where I am. So it's, this is, this is what life is all about. Life is, comes hmm. from what we say from the inside out, hmm. not from the outside in. So if you would have like a day you're talking about where things don't look so bright or things are a bit messed up and you still have to perform and you still have yes. to do your yes. work and your yes get well, on with see, your life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, here's the difference. See, um, because I used to work in organizations and I was really, I, get, I would get promoted very quickly. Right. You know, and I was good at, getting things done and dealing mm -hmm. with people and but there were eventually I would hit a point where you know this job is stressing me out and I would change jobs mm -hmm. I would you know I would change jobs thinking well I need to do something else yeah. and I would get involved and then again it, I would start feeling the stress and and you know feeling like it's too much so I would change jobs again I think that many people can yeah, relate yeah. to that. Very common. Very and, common. And you could look at the the places where, like I worked in Silicon Valley when when PCs were being built. Right. I, I live in, you know, yeah. I live right up the street from Apple and Google and all of those people. Mm. Well, back when PCs were coming about, mm. I worked in a star, couple of startups right. where it was the wild, wild west. I mean, it was really intense, crazy And I loved it. It was, it was a lot of fun, but then I'd hit the wall. Like it was mm. exhausting. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I need to do something else. And every time I would change jobs or change a direction, my career, it would still impact me. And what I didn't realize was it was where my mind was. So no matter what I was doing, I kept thinking it was the kind of job. That's why I ended up going into psychology. I thought, well, I'll just work with one person at a time. <laughs> yeah, right. And that'll be, th then that'll be easy. That was like a crazy easy. startup. I can see that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was crazy. But the thing is, even when I went to graduate school and I was in that whole world, that was crazy. I mean, I'm like, you know, here I thought I was going to find like, peace and calm and no it was worse the the stress and the intensity and the pressure so I really did wonder you know maybe I should just go live you know in, in Spain and sell hats on the beach or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then I probably have stress am I selling enough hats but probably but in, in all seriousness no what I didn't realize was my mind is what was giving me the stress regardless of what the job was. And when I first got a sense of that, mm. I'll be honest, I, I really laughed because I saw the joke was on me the whole time. Like here I'm, ch it was like chasing my tail. You know, it's, a, it's a bit like the business women you were talking about realizing that 
this fear about ending oh, up. Oh, they got upset. The they got mad at me. Why didn't you tell me this before? Do you know how much grief this would have saved me? I said, hey, I was, it took me, I was 45 years old till I heard this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said the same thing. Why didn't somebody tell me this when I was like in second grade? <laughs> it would have saved me a lot of grief. But no, most of us don't. Intuitively, we know this. Intuitively, we kind of know at times, well, yeah, I was in a bad mood or I was just low. And, you know, we sort of know this, but we don't know it. So for women in business, there, um, uh, what's her name? She's, um, uh, she works for Facebook. She's the VP. Um, I always forget her name. Cheryl Sunberg. Cheryl, yeah. Yeah. She wrote a book called Lean, Lean in. in. Yeah. And a lot of women got upset with that book. I know that. Yeah. They had a big reaction. Yeah. And when I, I, I didn't read it cover to cover, but I kind of got the gist of it. I thought, mm. oh, she didn't tell them what that really meant to lean in. She didn't tell them what leaning in means is realize that mm. all this stuff you have in your head mm. is holding you up. That's all she was really saying, that you're sitting on limitless you know, capacity, mm. wisdom, leadership, capability, yeah. Uh, all of that. See, she was, so she was sharing something that she intuitively knew, hmm. but she didn't share what, you know, what, well, what's, what's the system behind that? Yeah. She had a bit, yeah. this one metaphor, actually, I read the book and yeah, what, what was the metaphor? being like, uh, not in between the chairs and falling down, but being on the chair and yeah. Yeah. picking up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so being like on the, yeah. You, yeah. You said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Being on the chair means you, I like the word fearless. When, mm. when, when you're fearless, that means you, you have a certainty and a confidence within yourself that mm. you can address anything that's thrown at you, that you have the capacity to learn new things. You have the capacity to figure things out, that you have this capacity to, if you don't know something, you know where to, to find out you know, what it is, mm. and you're okay with making mistakes. You know, just because you make a mistake doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You just didn't see something. Mm. See, being fearless is falling flat on your face and, and kind of brushing yourself off and kind of go looking around going, okay, well, obviously I didn't see something there. Now, what, what did I miss and what can I see more of? Mm. See, that's when you, um, I remember uh, on a TV show here in California, um, this guy was, he interviewed very successful people, okay. you know, uh, corporate CEOs or, movie stars or writers or musicians and he had Mm. top of the line names Mm. and he always asked about like with the ceos what do you look for when you hire somebody Mm. like what what do you if you want to make sure that person is going to work out what do you look for and you know most of them said we want to hear about their failures but we want to hear what they did after their failures and That's see, the, they were yeah. looking at resiliency. They were looking at, Growth. You, you talk yeah. to every successful person and they will tell you, oh, let me tell you some stories. Yeah. yeah but, but when they failed, they didn't make meaning about it. They didn't m- make it personal. They just kind of looked, at each, looked around and kind of like, well, obviously that didn't work out. Mm. What, what can I see? You know, what, what's new or what's next? Mm. And, and for me, the first time I really blew a big important, I, I was invited to um, 
talk with this woman. She, she was top level government person and she wanted to do a program for her entire department. Mm-hmm. It's like close to 200 people. And she was really interested in the work I was doing. And so I got really excited and I thought, oh, she's going to hire me easy, mm. you know, easily. Uh, Cause I had a good reputation. And so I went in and she said, well, you know, I, 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 my people are really stressed out. And so I think if we did yoga and if we, uh, if they had little mood rings, they could track their moods or if they had stretchy bands, they could. And so I'm sitting there thinking, what, what kind of, what is she nuts? So I kept pushing, well, actually, if they learn about their state of mind, that's, what's really going to make a difference. That's, that's going to sustain them. So I kept telling her my thing. Mm. Well, she picked the other person with the stretchy bands and the yoga and the mood rings. So I called my mentor up because I said, I don't, I don't know what I did wrong. Hmm. I can't believe she picked that other person. And he laughed. He started laughing. And I said, okay, George, uh, I'm so glad you're <laughs> finding this amusing. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, Kathy, did you ever get curious with her about why she thought the mood rings would be helpful? Would you, did you ever ask her why she thought the stretchy bands, mm. you know, why she thought it would be, see, it didn't dawn on me. Mm. Now, normally it would in any other situation, mm. but because I had, you know, I was so excited. Mm. So I said, well, George, I really blew it. I can't believe I blew it. That would have been money for me for a good year. And he said, you know what, Kathy, do you think I was born knowing how to do this? Cause he's good. Yeah. He said, what I love about you, Kathy, is you get in over your head. He said, how else are you going to know? How else are you going to learn? I, and then I said, you mean it's okay to blow it? He said, well, what else can you do? And that's when I realized okay. it's okay to make mistakes. Cool. And, and I was one of his best people. He hired me. Yeah. And, I, and I was his top trainer because I became fearless. <laughs> and, of course, I don't want to blow it. But if I do, it, it's not about me, Kathy. It's about... Well, Mm. obviously something didn't click or I missed something, Hmm. but I'm human. I'm a human being and I just missed something. Wow. Uh, That's confidence. That's confidence. That's total confidence. It's, it's, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm getting curious about, we've been talking about presence and fearlessness today. And is there a link between? Uh, Yeah. Well, to me, fearless is just another description of presence. Right. Yeah. Uh, fearless means you're not thinking ahead. You're not thinking behind. Right. You're just hundred percent grounded and okay. Okay. With yeah. Responding to what's in front of you. So, so yeah. now when I go like uh, another example, I got called in to um, the director of nursing in this huge public hospital. Mm. Um, she got my name. And so she called me in to, the, uh, one of their top nurse managers, very popular, had committed suicide. Okay. Yeah. So now normally I would immediately start thinking, okay, they need something around grief, you know, helping people deal with their grief. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I realized I really don't know what's needed. Yeah. So I went in literally without anything on my mind. Mm-hmm. I went in and she, first thing she said to me is I only have 20 minutes to talk with you. And, and so normally if somebody had said that to me, I would talk fast. You know, okay, I got to get this in. <laughs> oh. No, what's different for me now is mm. even though she said, I only have 20 minutes, 
I, I saw, as soon as she said that I saw her and I saw her in this incredible, intense pressure. I just, I saw her state of mind where I could, I could feel her intensity, not even about this, just about, that's just how she was. So I immediately just relaxed and just looked at her. I said, well, what is it you'd like to tell me? Hmm. An hour and a half later, I was still there. And as she kept telling me this and that and that, and, and every now and then, now what, now what do you mean by that? Or tell me more, you know, but I was just really wanting to, nobody had ever been present with her ever. Wow. And she felt it from me. And she just, so at, at the end of when she finally kind of got it all off her chest, so to speak, um, I said, okay, now given all of this stuff that you told me that's going mm -hmm. on, what do you want for your nurses? What is it that you want for them? And she said, I want them to be able to bounce back. And I said, so you're talking about resiliency. She said, yes, I want them to be resilient. And I said, well, I think we can do that. Now, I have, again, my presence, I trusted that I could hear and listen and respond and really, so I was waiting for my own wisdom. Hmm. And I was listening very deeply to her, not really tracking the words, but just getting a sense of, well, what is it that she's concerned about? And what is it that she sees about her organization? And at the end, because I could have gone in with a program on grief and she might've said, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Hmm. But no, that I wanted to hear what her take was. Yeah. And that was, and, and when we, when we rolled out the program, we ended up talking about, well, why do nurses over time become less resilient? Because of the beginning, they're excited, they're open, they're, they're energized. And over the years, hmm. well, it's because their minds become so heavy with worry and concern and all of the rest that that spark inside kind of gets diminished. And they got mad. Well, why didn't they tell us this? I said, okay, <laughs> you know now. And a lot of them stayed in their job because they were dedicated, but huge toll, took a huge toll on them. They were exhausted. They were beyond stressed. Mm -hmm. um, and by the end of the trainings, it was like they were, they, the lightness came in. <laughs> you could feel the lightness. So, um, it, so, yeah, fearless to me is just another way to describe having confidence and certainty that you are resilient, that you will bounce back no matter what. Mm -hmm. because every human being has that. And there are times in every person's life where we've actually experienced it, but I don't think we really have respect for it or trust it or have certainty. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I used to think, well, I was just lucky or, mm -hmm. or I was in the right place. You know, I, I didn't think it had anything to do with anything inside of me. I think this is so cool also for leaders to hear this, what you told me right now for how to lead people in your organization. This is, I mean, it couldn't be more simple and still yet extremely powerful. Yeah, yeah. See, leaders, I, that's why I love this one particular company. It's a big, huge defense company. And, yeah. um, you know, they were, the people that were working for them were super brilliant, smart people, mm -hmm. physicists and engineers and, and financial, you know, people, and I mean, really, really smart people. And, um, 
And people who were in charge of that group didn't consider that state of mind was the most important thing. See, you could have smart, brilliant people working for you, but if their state of mind is muddled or stressed or intense or whatever you want to call it, if you, if you don't factor that in, then, then you're, it's, it's like you're trying to manage something at the, at the tail end, as opposed to man uh, looking at something at the beginning. It's like in Hawaii, they have a volcano that's erupting and, when the lava is coming out of the volcano, it's very fluid. But as soon as it hits the ocean, it becomes solid. Well, they're, they're trying to work with after the fact when like behavior where it's solid, Hmm. trying to change behavior, manage Hmm. behavior, Hmm. reframe behavior, whatever, as opposed Hmm. to, Oh no, let's start before behavior. And, and, and they look at me, they go, well, I'm not any kind of psychologist. I said, no, no, no. You just need to see that people's states of mind impact what they do. That's all you need to see. And, and if you see somebody's really, you know, just stressed out or, or their minds are going a mile a minute, it doesn't take much to call attention to that. Because mm-hmm. most people don't know. So how would, how would the leader then help well, we we did a, we did um, the we did a part one program, which was understanding this for myself. You know, right. understanding how my state of mind works. So that okay. that had to happen first. Okay. Then once you understand how yours works, now you look across to the other person and go, oh well, theirs works the same way. So mm-hmm. instead of looking at their behavior, we we would teach them on how to listen, like I did to that nurse. Exactly. The nursing director. Yeah. So we would actually teach them. We would have them role play, listen instead of trying to tell them what to do or give them advice mm. or tell them for the fourth time the same thing over again. No, I. We had them listen at, from a from a different place. Right. Yeah. So being curious, and we actually had them doing it, <laughs> and I would come and watch them, and it didn't take long for them trying to tell them what to do. You know, and it's more, this could, any one of us can really do this. Just notice when you're with another person, Mm -hmm. just notice, is your mind, are you, are you, are you in your own mind? Like you said, while I was speaking, you were thinking about the next question Mm -hmm. to ask me. Yeah. Just start to realize how much we do that. Mm -hmm. So any, anybody listening to the podcast, just when you're in your day and you're speaking with somebody. Are you with them 100% or are you in your mind while you're with them? Like a common thing is when somebody's sharing something, immediately I start thinking about, oh, yeah, I had that same experience. Mm -hmm. So before they're even finished, you're thinking about yours that you want to tell. I mean, so I, you know, we try to relate to each other or somebody starts telling us something and we're immediately thinking, oh, I can give them advice. So you want to give them advice. How often do you let somebody just speak without doing anything? Just even just asking a question, how many times do we come in way too soon? Mm. Because if we come in with a question way too soon, it diverts the whole conversation. True. But we don't realize we're doing that. With good intention, we're doing things that actually get in the way. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not saying you be in your life like this, but if you really want to have a connection or impact, mm. 
Hmm. Like I really wanted to connect to that nursing director. So I had to come out of Kathy to hmm. really get her. Have, and have no thinking about anything she was saying, just, at, just getting her meaning. Well, what do you make of that? Or what, what, well, what do you mean by this? Or, and I never assumed a word she used was the meaning I gave the word. If she used a word like, yeah, a lot of them, they, they feel um, they have a lot of um, anxiety. And so I said to, and you know, hmm. I have my own idea of anxiety. I said, well, what do you mean by anxiety? See, I couldn't even assume that I knew what she meant. What do you mean? And then she said, well, a lot of them feel like they're going to lose their jobs. I said, oh, okay. See, I would never have come up with that. Mm. So I had to get, do you see what I'm saying? I never assumed that I knew what the other person meant. Even with your own children, you think, oh, I know what my kid's about. I know what they're thinking. Or how many times where you, you, you're with somebody, if you're in a relationship, oh, I know what they're going to say. We finish their sentences. We, see, I, if, if we could just appreciate how much we do that. It's not bad. Just see it. Just mm. see it. <laughs> just see it. And, and it's shocking. When I first realized mm. how much I did that, it was shocking to me. Mm. Because I was, I was doing my, I was doing psycho, I was a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. So I prided myself on listening to people. And when I first realized how much I wasn't listening, that my mind was going a mile a minute about what was said to me. Wow. That was shocking. <laughs> wow. And that again, back to these business women that feared that, that didn't even know they had this fear of ending up on the street. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. About this yeah, and yeah. then seeing this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you say now, like yeah, yeah, they start yeah, yeah. to see this. I, I'm see, just still it's, curious it's what happened next. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what yeah. happened next when they saw this? And then, oh, well, well, what happened next? Uh, here's a, this the same group of women. Yeah. So one woman, um, uh, and she said her doctor was getting on her case because she had high blood pressure. Um, she was close to being di- I mean, diabetic. I mean, she her health was. And and he he kept harping on her. And so um, she went on vacation. She she went on vacation. Their biggest complaint was they were inundated with emails all the time. Okay. And and having to, you know, go through the email. It it was such a source of stress for them. Mm. So, uh, and being afraid if they missed the one important email, all, you know, it would all just go to hell in a handbasket. So, um, so this one woman, she goes, she was head of finance for the whole county. I mean, big job. Okay. She goes on vacation. She comes back from vacation. And I think she had a, like 2000 emails, like ridiculous. Even though she left the message, I'm on vacation, mm. people still left emails. So, um, mm. she looked at the whole thing and she pressed, she pressed the delete button on all the emails. <laughs> And I'm, I freaked out when she said, I said, well, now I didn't tell you to do that. I mean, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble because they're going to say, I'm telling this woman to delete all her emails. I, it freaked me out. And so I held my breath. I said, okay, why did you delete all your emails? And she said, you know, I decided to really test this, the worst thing that's going to happen. Because in her mind, 
she would end up homeless if she didn't respond to all the emails. I mean, that was one of the biggies for her. If she missed an important email, she would lose her job and she, you know, it was a big deal for her. So she deleted all her emails and she waited for, for something bad to happen. She thought, well, I have enough money in the bank. I guess I'll be okay. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And people sent, continued to send emails and she, you know, she saw emails, but she had a whole different relationship now with her emails, Mm -hmm. but she decided to go for it. She pressed the delete button, but what she realized was it's not the emails. Mm. She saw how much stress Mm. she was carrying in her mind about the emails. So then she goes to her doctor and he says, well, I'm so glad you're finally following my instructions, you know, eating right, exercising. And she looked at the doctor. She said, I haven't done any of that. Her mind lightened up so much, it impacted her physical health in a positive way, in a positive Fantastic. Way. True story. She, mm. she told me this. And I looked at her like, wow. I, I really, what an amazing story, huh? That's touching, yeah. Yeah, is, and then eventually, I think a few years later, she decided to retire. Mm. And a lot of women who leave organizations, like who are in positions, they end up coming up with their own businesses. More women become entrepreneurs than, than men. Because I think it's easier and they feel more empowered to operate on their own as opposed to, you know, working in this bureaucratic craziness. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so that's a true story. She was very competent, very respected, you know, all of of the above. But, yeah, and, and that's what I love about doing this work because when they just learn just this little, like there's this intangible thing going on, state of mind, that's running the show, and if you get a sense of that's what's really going on, it can have a huge impact, a huge impact on relationships, on, on physical health, on getting your job done without it taking a toll. I mean, I do as much as I've ever done, but I'm not mentally drained. I may be physically tired, but I'm not mentally drained. And I'd re- if you had a choice of being mentally drained or physically drained, which would you pick? Exactly. Yeah. Physically, you, you recover from that. Mentally, it's like you, and it impacts our sleep because our minds are still going even while we're sleeping. We're still zooming in our head. And that's why we don't get quality sleep. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> Amazing, Kathy Casey. Wow. So many insights yeah, yeah. in this short conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I would tell people, don't worry about your state of mind as much as appreciate it and just sort of appreciate how wound up we get and just appreciate how busy, busy our minds get. And, Mm. and the more you kind of just see it, not be judgmental of yourself, but Mm. just have compassion because it's, it's our humanity. And I, and I think the more we have that compassion for ourselves, um, that is probably the most important thing. And then, then we can take care of anything outside of ourselves. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and thank you. Um, that's something I really remember also from last year, from our conversations. You were talking about, can you appreciate this? And like some of the more difficult things yeah. I had on mind yeah. and appreciate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, you notice when you notice and sometimes you don't notice, but yeah. instead of looking outside and making more meaning about stuff out there, 
just kind of go, okay, I'm, I'm just a little more, you know, got more going on in my mind that, than I realized. See, that's all you want to see because that's, that's it right there. That's all it is. And just seeing that I'm not present, it helps me get present. <laughs> that's great last words thank you <laughs> and thank you for for letting me do this thank you very much oh.